It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Okay, yes, the Custard TV podcast is the one place on the web where I do that for as long as nobody wants me to, and then we talk about TV and uh, TV news reviews and previews and all that good stuff with me, Luke, editor and runner of the website, thecustardtv.com, Gary in the just back in the London area, I should say. Well, no, I've, I've always been in the London area. It's just back home in the London area. Been doing a road show of the hospital. Uh. And Matt in the stereotypical uniformed north. Hey, <laughs> um, But he's just yeah. been into hospital and he's told me that you have to buy television in hospital. And you yeah. never knew this. This this might, of course, only be a London thing. I don't know. I'm but, trying uh, to remember when I... I mean, the last time I was in hospital was when I was having an operation on my shoulder, and this is going back sort of 10, 11 years now. I don't think we did have to pay for it. I've never been in hospital apart from this year, so I, but I always thought it was be like there was a television in the room and, you know, you just watched it. But no, now you have these little handheld or side things that come down from, like, a, a, a thing in the ceiling, and they, you watch them. And they're, they're like um, your own little personal things like you would get on an airplane. But you have to pay to, to, to watch certain things, you know, to watch it. You know, so you get four hours of, of the main channels in the morning free and then you have to pay for the rest. It was Homes Under the Hammer, uh, Gordon's Kitchen Nightmares and A Place in the Sun. That's what, that's what my mum normally watches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you turned into a middle-aged woman when he was in hospital. Oh, Is that I've, what I've they up was for? I've been middle-aged for a while now. I think A Place in the Sun... Is depressing viewing in the UK anyway, let alone when you're in hospital. That's oh, really yeah. depressing viewing. Watching oh, yeah, Mark it's... and Margaret from northwest Wales buy a house in Portugal for £550,000 when you're stuck yeah, in but hospital. That, but that's all the money they've got. Come on. Yeah. And, and your prices are right as of 2008 normally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, normally, yes. Unless you get a new <laughs> episode where prices are right of 2011. Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. I've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. Try it. Just for one week. Just try the program for one week. This is the Custard TV Podcast. TV news from the UK, then Gary's going to go west side. See, he gets about the man. Uh, and are you going to cut, cut it out this week? Yeah. Uh, look, looking at it, probably, yeah. Um, yeah. 
No, I won't. Um, and then we're going to do some reviews in the hands of Matt and then some pick of the week stuff where we look at what's coming up. Announcement after the end of Series 2 that Series 3 with our, of our girl with Michelle Keegan is coming. Not a massive surprise there. And Dara O'Brien uh, will return for more Robot Wars. Don't know whether that was a big success, but coming back for a second series. Uh, the BBC have commissioned a full series of Motherland. That was the sort of long... Um, comedy with too many cooks on BBC Two. Too many cooks. I don't want to put it in again. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kevin Bridges will be happy because something he's in has actually been recommissioned. Yes. And Kevin been... Bishop as well. Yeah, oh, I, did, I just realised that. I was actually going to correct you, and then I thought, no, that would be a bit rich. So I'm glad Matt did. They're not bringing back. Um... The other ones, so no good night. Well done, Matt. I'm no. glad you said that. No, yeah, are you no, being no. served? And no, yeah. um, no hyacinth bouquet. And ITV have axed your back in the room. This is presumably Kevin Ligo settling into ITV, looking at their recent commissions and recent schedules and recent ratings, and going, "We don't need Philip Schofield hosting a hypnotism game show, so that can go." Uh, so no news on get your act together yet, though. Oh, yeah. fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed for that next. fans of the show will know that we talked before about Aquarius, which was on Sky Atlantic starring David Duchovny. Well, unfortunately, the second series will be its last. Um, Did you watch also, any of it? Uh, I watched most of the first series, but I didn't finish it. So, um, and, and, and See, from what I've heard, I often series... think you're to blame for a lot of these cancellations. Mm. You start yeah, a lot of these they shows. They listen to this and go, well, what if Gary didn't finish it? There's no point. Gary did... I mean, thank God Matt and I have been watching The Americans, so that's keep, kept going all this time that you weren't watching. So who's responsible for the cancellation of The Good Wife, then? Is that Matt? No, that well, ended. Cancelled. That's not cancelled. That ended. That, ended. that came uh, to yeah. a natural conclusion, and it's getting yeah. a spin-off, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Yabu sucks to you, <laughs> poorly man. And E4 are going to show American comedy Blackish, which has been... It was nominated for an Emmy, I believe. I don't think it won, but yeah. it's certainly no, this. It's been nominated for a few very, Emmys. Yeah. It's very uh, critically and, acclaimed. And, it's just one of those yeah. smart half-hour ABC comedies that, again, we don't seem to be able to do, and it annoys me. But it is it is well done. So that's, that's coming up soon on E4. And the Universal Channel have uh, acquired one of the successes of the American series that have started in the autumn, uh, a medical drama called Pure Genius, uh, one of the shows that's actually making it at the moment. I would like to have told you that I've watched a lot of Luke Cage, which is the Netflix Marvel series, but I watched the first episode and I didn't like it. And I really love all the Marvel stuff on, the, on that. I like Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones, but I didn't like Luke Cage. Um, is it because so the not... guy, the main character, is called Luke, and you've just got a sort yeah. Of... Don't know. This one didn't grab me as much. I don't know why. So There's a lot uh, of people I'm have delving. sort of acclaimed this one. Yeah, many of them. Jessica Jones got a bit of critical flack, didn't it? But this has sort of been. Yeah, this, this this I would say yeah. This has probably been received. I mean, and also I think the other guy, this guy, came over and did a lot of radio and TV. I think he was on the One Show. I know he was doing various radio interviews. Well, if he was on the One Show, then everyone should love it, surely. Well, that's oh, right. That's What's uh, the actor's name? Oh, I don't Cage. remember. By the way, Luke Caged is the name of my S&M film out this Christmas. Uh, uh, if, you wanna, oh. if you want to see it, it'll be... Oh. Pre-order now at thecustardtv.com. Please don't. Okay, 
reviews from Matt in the North. Before we do that, though, I do have a bit of podcast business to attend oh, to. Okay. There are oh, a God. lot. There are a lot of reviews that will demand a lot of conversation. So I'm going to ask that the Northern one just keep his synopsis or synopses shorter than normal so we can definitely get to well, I think we can do that well let's start off with the one that has got the would have the biggest synopsis synopsis that's like nine synopsis which is the missing which is the second series of the critically acclaimed crime thriller drama this time there is a little bit of a connection to you know they they don't say this is a whole new series we've still got Shecky Cario, is that the actor's name? Well done. As it Julian well Baptiste. Um, Mr. Baptiste. Baptiste. Julian yeah. Baptiste. Uh, who this time is called when a, a girl who w- had been missing turns up in Germany. She's the in- daughter of English parents, uh, played by Keely Hawes and David Morrissey. Her name is Alice. And when they find her, she says the name of a girl called... Sophie Giroux, who is who is uh, whose disappearance uh, Baptiste has been investigating for the past twelve years, and it's similar. He's quite obsessed by it, and he wants to get to the bottom of it. So there's obviously a connection there. And the, basically, this series it follows what happens after Alice comes back home, and also we jump forward to present day 2016, where you see Julian in Iraq trying to find someone who might have answers to the Giroux case. And um, we see some some of things have happened to the family since <coughs> first came back. There's been quite a lot of, of talk on Twitter and, and, and outside about how confusing this was, hasn't there? No more so than the first. No, I don't think it's yeah. any more confusing than the first one. Can I just say again before we delve too deep yeah. into this, I want to spoil this as much as we can. So if you haven't seen the first one, perhaps yeah. watch on iPlayer or watch your recording before you listen to us talk about this, because I don't want to hold anything back. There's a lot to say about it. But were you one of those people that was confused then? Because I didn't find it confusing in the least. No, I, I, there was only one thing that I didn't quite get, uh, and I've since looked it up and now I understand, and it was that the uh, the son, the uh, the sort of skinhead son, who um, has gone a bit wayward in modern in present day, yeah. In the car park at the shopping place where he ran after this woman and she left her shopping and ran away, I wasn't sure who that woman was. Oh, she was at she was at the funeral of the um, yeah. army dude. She, she's part of the army, but obviously you don't know yet you, what she's her in, role is. I, 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 she's in episode two quite a lot, so you'll find yeah. out in episode two. So. And I think that was the only thing which I thought, oh, I don't understand. Obviously, I could see from the flashback bits, you know, that, yeah. And obviously, they were very, very good, and this is the big spoiler, very, very good at keeping it secret that Alice in modern day was dead. Very, very good, yeah. It was a, it's a job of, we're going to visit, Alice. Yeah. I presume she was either in her own flat or in her own house or I thought maybe she was in like a mental a, hospital mental or a, hospital. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought mental hospital. Uh, but no no did but the thing is I did know that she was dead because I had to sign a blooming don't spoil this thing when I when you oh, watched right. the preview which really annoyed me. Uh, I didn't sign yeah, I watched the preview. When, yeah, but I'd already seen it by the oh. time you'd seen it, so that's fine. But um I said there are three time periods, aren't there? There's 
there's 2016, present day, which is Julian yeah. in Iraq, yeah. and the family trying to come to terms with being destroyed. David Morrissey with Burns. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. Severe and having an affair, and now having an affair with um, yeah. What and what happened to the baby? She was pregnant. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then we've got 2014, which is when Alice first comes back to the family. We know that she dies that that year, but we don't know when or how. Yeah, we do. And we know we... when because it was on the, the tombstone. Yeah, well, she we... dies like the 24th 20, of December or 22nd 22nd of December. December. Yeah, but... Okay, so is that a couple of days after she comes back? We don't know when it is. Yeah, yeah, no, we, know, yeah, you're right. we... we know it's December, though. We know it's Christmas time, so it's it's soon. Yeah, because they got their Christmas tree up. He's, he's quite yeah. right. I enjoyed that two-week break. And then we've got <laughs> 2003, uh, which is when all the action sort of happens and Alice is first taken. And actually, now, at the start of episode two, we're in 2002 for a little bit at the start. Oh, oh, stop it. Stop it. Time travel television series. Stop Fantastic. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought this was outstanding. I mean, I, I remember taking a while to warm to the f- to the first series that they're missing. I've now seen this I almost think... three times. I watched it once with the idea of reviewing it, didn't review it, and had to watch it again for reviewing it. And then I watched it live on Wednesday night. And I Luke, do think can I just ask, is that because I said, no, I can't review it, I haven't got time? No, I wanted to review it myself because I told the PR that I would. Uh, and I thought, I can't really ask you to do it if I told him I would do it. But um, I just I just found it outstanding. And the, the more I watched it, the more I appreciated it. It sort of grew on me more and more. I think the thing with the first series was that we were unsure about James Nesbitt being in a programme like this. I think that was... Mm. Like, oh, no, I think he was great in the first Yeah, no, I think he, he was, was great, but I think we... Because James Nesbitt is one of those actors where, oh, it's James Nesbitt, whereas, like, Keely Hawes and Dave Morrissey are people who we've seen in sort of grittier roles like this before. So I think we're more, we're more on board. Do you know what I mean? We're more on board with them here than we are. It's, it took a bit of time to sort of... Oh, James Nesbitt's doing this now because it was sort of the darkest thing I think he's done. I thoroughly enjoyed this and thought Keely Hawes was particularly good. Mm. I think we all knew. I thought David Morrissey was as well, and I haven't been a fan of his in things recently. And Luke, I think you feel the same, don't you? Yes. The only thing that concerned me a little bit um, when I start when I read about what the show was going to be, and as I started to go to that, I thought, oh, this is very thirteen esque. You know, the plot is is very. But actually, they managed to do a very good job of. I think. of not no, doing no, no. anything similar. So I think I think they did a very good job because the girl obviously has that kind of glazed look on her face, you know, so they've copied some of that. But she doesn't kind of like want to... There's no similarities between the storyline of 13 of her wanting to get back to her no. own storyline or anything. So. Do you remember in 13 when they had that thing where the sister didn't think it... Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now they've done. Now they completely dropped that, but that is the thrust of this, isn't it? At the end of yeah. episode one, you get Baptiste going... But I believe that girl was not Alice Webster. And then we and then we have the the um, <coughs> the horror movie esque eyes just as the credits start to yeah. roll, as if to tell the audience that no, I'm playing an imposter. She, she did look like an extra from In the Flesh for most of uh, the episode. Yeah, and the, ret- and, and the return and the return. But I think because yeah. it was I think because she was British. I think it was In the Flesh more for me. Um, but and Luke, you messaged me just after I finished watching it, and I just done the. I'm sure we all did it when we first saw it, and just did the ooh like that at the end when yeah. he did that last line. 
because it was like, oh, we're back with the missing now, and what's going to happen next? And who's this girl if it's not Alice Webster? And, and, and also the, our the army and also, bloke and... yeah, and also our friend from uh, Trapped, Andre, was in it. Yes, yes I love seeing Andre. That was brilliant. It was a uh, it was a real Nordic noir mishmash mm. crossover feel. Well, wasn't... from the the opening titles onwards, really, isn't it? I, mm. I mean, we had a lot of this last year with like Unforgotten and River and the what was that yeah. Tosh from Darkness. Yeah. Uh, now, now. <laughs> so yeah, so the missing did, awesome. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Do we chat our oh, girl quickly just before we get on to other things? Good idea. Uh, Georgie sort of managed to stop a. Uh, explosion in a uh, graduation ceremony from Abu is the name of the terrorist in this, wasn't it? Obviously, That's right, yeah. Obviously a big fan of Aladdin. Um, it's very very hard to be scared of a terrorist named after a monkey. Really, a monkey, after a cartoon yeah. monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, if it was I, called I Bubbles, I, I wouldn't be able to take it seriously either. Overall thoughts, really, because I think, I mean, it's been off for a week now, so we sort of know the score. I think what I liked about it personally, the final episode, was that she didn't end up with either of the blokes. She she decided not to get married to boring murder by my boyfriend, Doctor, and and her and Elvis seem to have at least not decided to get serious because you heard at the end that she hasn't got a man on the go and she's gone back to Africa to the, the health centre. There's differing views on either side here, so I'll let yes, Gary do the praise first and then Luke do Well, I'm definitely in the four column. Um, I, this is one of my dramas of the year. I was thoroughly entertained. I think Michelle Keegan was fantastic. I really liked the fact that although I think I knew what was going to happen, whereas I really thought that he would come to the wedding, I think coming to the graduation was a nice swerve. Um, and actually the story kind of made sense. I like the fact that she spoke with his mother and his ex-girlfriend, really you know, and they were both really what good. What did you yeah, think, I think yeah. to the ending at the graduation? Because I found it a little anticlimactic, if I'm honest, and I think Luke felt the same way. Well, maybe, but I think the show had given you plenty of dramatic moments, mm. and that I think... I think, you know, had they have not, for instance, killed the other doctor in Kenya, then maybe, yeah, there would have been some scope for him, you know, maybe taking it, maybe maybe blowing himself up in some sort of controlled way. I don't know or whatever. But I think, no, I think they ended the show quite right. And I think because now we know there's going to be another series with her, I think that makes even more sense for me. What did you think as well? Because this really interests me. What did you think of the relationship stuff? Because it is, it was quite heavy in that last episode. Did you like yeah, that? Yeah, no, I wasn't a big fan of the relationship stuff. I, you know, it, it, but I can see why they did it. It added nice tension to the whole kind of like... The family were obviously very much a case of, you know, Elvis is the devil and, you know, and things like that, you know, and every time they saw him, they come to... If if I saw this on paper, if I saw this on paper, northern characters, she's on-off relationship with two young men, da-da-da-da. I wouldn't think this had Gary written on it at all. I mean, you've... No, I think... You've openly dismissed things set in that area before, you know, things like Happy Valley, you didn't give a chance to get, which is fair enough. Cold Feet is a complete relationship drama. And and a lot of this was relationship drama, tiny bit of action, relationship drama, and and an anti-climax. And And that's what Luke thought of it there. Yeah. And if we've (laughs) had a year where, where, where this month alone we've had some stonking drama with... The missing national treasure, you know, and I, I, this wouldn't make my top ten of the year. It doesn't mean it shouldn't make yours, but I'm surprised it makes yours just because of Tony Ground's insistence of 
pushing the love story in your face all the time. And I mm. just thought that would have been a turn-off for you. I really would For everything I've known about him over the years, he shouldn't like this as much as he does. So no, and I, it, I, I, I do, I do, I see, it? I see what you're but, saying, but I think. But then he, we were, I think we were surprised, Luke, that he really put onto Doctor Foster as well. True, true, yes. I like. He's a, you, Gary's an, an, he's an enigma, aren't you? I said no, enigma, he's an enigma. He's an enigma who loves former Coronation Street stars. I, I don't know. I just, I'm surprised. I mean, you're more than welcome to your opinion. It wasn't a terrible show by any stretch of the imagination. I just, I just. If I had seen this on paper, let alone seeing it on telly, I wouldn't have thought that you would love it as much as you do. It just surprised me. I love to surprise you. That's why I live for. Okay, we'll move on now to uh, The Apprentice, because that's the other, I think, big one here. 18 candidates this year, which to me is an awful lot. I think that's too many. I think 16 is the max that they should have, really. There's at least six that I have no idea who they are still. Yeah. I've watched uh, both weeks. Two episodes so far. The first one was sort of finding collectible antiques and selling them on at car boots and to um, experts and things like that. Yep. And advertising Japanese Branding. denim. Japanese denim. Jeans. Yeah. Japanese denim. They make great fish and great denim, apparently. <laughs> uh, so make, I don't know, to do... be fair to them, they don't make the fish. The Gary, fish... <laughs> do you want to lead us through this? Because your background in Apprentice podcast. Yeah, I think, I think um, this is an intriguing year. Uh, for the apprentice, I think it's I do... already a vintage year. Yeah, and I do, but but I think the reason is is it's a full of a bunch of idiots. We say that every year, though. Uh, no, but I think most years you can spot those that have potential, and there are a few. Don't get me wrong. That the guy I have absolutely no idea what his name is, and he didn't do anything last night. But the guy that was doing the majority of the best selling last week um, looks like he's got potential. And actually JD, who was in the boardroom last night, yeah. looks like he actually has some, some sensible things to say. I think there are I think after like week four you start to know yeah. everybody's yeah, you, you, name. You get yeah. I I think the stars of last night are very much there was two women who both had meltdowns, one in the task and one in the boardroom. Jessica and Alana. Yeah, and Alana. And they don't see really seem to get along, much like the problems that the women have had in the first episode, they had again in the second episode they where... They kept finding problems for solutions, didn't they? Well, I did like Jessica's good. recurring gag in Et One where she kept almost dropping her I know. Arse. I wanted yeah. to drop one so <laughs> desperately. <laughs> yeah. But in the first episode, they managed to lose. They forgot to tell the guy with the van with the stock in it to meet them where they were going to go. And in the second episode, they managed to leave the jeans at one venue to not bring them to another. And that's, and to be honest, it's like, I mean, that's not even business. That's just common sense. I mean, and I think that's what annoys people the most. It's like when they do things like that. It's very, very funny, though, this year. I've laughed a lot this year. Oh, yeah. One criticism, a slight criticism before Matt destroys my views. I don't think okay. I've warmed to Claude any. I don't think he's no. Nick. I wish I wish we still had Nick. And also, I'm enjoying it even more because I'm watching it about five minutes beforehand so I can whiz through the ridiculous time they get up early. So that doesn't even annoy me <laughs> anymore either because I don't know what time it and is they when they 20... get up. This is why I think I, I was watching this this morning uh, before I had to go out. I had, I had a job interview today and I was just thinking, do these people not have time to eat breakfast? And that's why they're always so cranky. Because oh, no, they, they, they're they, always they've so got, hyper, their sugar levels are... They've yeah. Got, they've got 20 minutes to leave the house. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, if I had twenty minutes to leave the house, I think I'd be my first priority. There are would only be get, three people would be in my the family. On, you know? Yeah, three people in my family, and I don't reckon any of us could do it in twenty minutes if we hadn't had something to eat or drink in the meantime. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe they sleep in their suits. Well, I, I haven't warmed to this yet. I don't think, for me, apart from Jessica. Who really annoys me? No one has really sort of stood out. Oh, what's his oh, name? Oh, hello, Karthik. Karthik, yeah. But yeah. I, I just—that's th- not enough to hook me. And I just thought, oh, here we go again. You know, it's no, the I same agree. every I year. Agree. I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm I'm and I have the in, same. Yeah. I I don't think we need to talk about it in depth. But I have no. the same feelings as you do with the Apprentice with the Bake Off. Bake Off. No, I'm in the Bake Off. Yeah, yeah. Near the, end, I don't think- the United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I don't think it's felt like it's got going yeah. yet. I'm... I think this year as well because there's not anyone who's particularly like stood Talented. out in terms of the baking. A lot of their, ma- um, I forgot what they're called, not masterpieces. What are they called? Why am I doing they, this? What they... Showstoppers. Showstoppers, sorry. A lot of their showstoppers have been a complete mess. I just think it's mediocre this year. And, and as some people pointed out to me on Twitter, we've only got three episodes left, but not of this series of the Bake Off as we know it, and then it's gone forever. Um, so we shall see. But it's it ending really on a bit like of a whimper rather than a bang. Should we just quickly yeah. predict who we think is going to win now there's four left? One of oh, them. the Bake Off. Yeah. Um... Luke? Oh, I don't know. I mean, remind, I'm going, ca- I'm going Candice. Candice. Yeah, Candice okay, well. as well. For there's me, Candice, because... Selassie, Jane, and Andrew. I'm going Candice. for Jane. Candice. So, two Candice, one Jane. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Andrew will probably end up winning it now. Yeah. Uh, oh, quickly, let's just chat X Factor before we end with two really good things. So he's the live shows this week. My chart for the X Factor is back this year. Um, I do. I enjoyed that, despite the fact I disagree with it completely. But, yeah. Uh, oh, you just disagree with Honey G being at number eight. Well, that's it, I, on the show in general. Before Matt does his undoubtedly long but interesting preamble, um, Gary, <laughs> you you do a very interesting thing with the X Factor that you have. Little to no interest in the preamble itself, and then yeah. come in at the live show. Does that not make it a little bit odd to just you have no idea who well, the majority of these people are? You meet them at the live shows for the first time. Is that not a little bit? Don't you feel no connection to anyone at all? But then, then that's okay because I, I I'm then forced to try and believe in these people from this point onwards as credible artists, which is why I'm not interested in. Grantanamo um, or whatever. They uh, yeah, are. and I'm not interested in. We say honey, you say exploited. They're not acts. They're 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 they're, they're tribute acts. I know you were doing comedic effect there, but Honey G is not anyway exploited. She's a clever woman. She knows exactly. No, what she's no, doing. no, she is. 
Come on. No, she's not. She's a marketer at some. She's a marketer at some firm. She's a. She's an Olympic athlete in tennis and judo and all this stuff. And she's on the X Factor to end up on Celebrity Big Brother and to end up on I'm a Celebrity and to end up on. Um, present any, the X Factor in a and few any years. show she's that will happen afterwards. She's doing the Ryland. She's not thinking. She is a great singer. But if she can stay under the radar and stay interested by the public for a long time, she knows she can make a relatively good career out of it. If if there's any justice in the world, we won't see those two lads again. But we're certainly going to see um, Honey G again. And it's That's not that Lamar exploited. That. Yes, thank you. I, I personally don't agree. I feel no, if you that... look her up, if you no. look her no, up, no, 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 she's no, not no, some sadder who's walked in off a council estate with thoughts of grandeur. She's a sensible woman who's done well in her career up till now, not in music, granted, but in other things. She's not just some woman who's been living a sheltered life with her family, telling her she's the next big she's rap not star. not Susan Boyle, is what you're saying. Yeah. You're entitled to your opinions, but I think you're wrong. I think <laughs> they are exploiting the novelty of her act and the novelty of it uh, to, to, to bad but effect. She's aware and, and of the novelty. She, that I what I'm saying, what what I'm saying is she's aware of it. She's not thinking... Sure, that doesn't make it any different. Just because yes, she's playing along and suggesting that she's <laughs> it, I don't believe okay. it. I, Matt, I, I, you, also, I also think... I'm with you, Luke, on this. Thank you, thank you, God. I, I, was, I can understand I what you're saying to an extent, but what basically what we're saying is she's come on to be a novelty act and she knows she's going to be treated that way. She knows she's exactly how she's on. going to be treated, Gary. Yeah, she's not coming I, I, on, Gary. I, I understand both the points, and I, I, I agree with some of them. I do agree that but she... it's not an opinion, it's fact. That is fact. No, 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 no. There's a difference between opinion and fact. The facts are that, yes, she, the facts are quite right that she had a past. She knows what she's doing. I'm not suggesting that she's being exploited because... Yes, she was. No, no, no. Let me finish the sentence. <laughs> that she's not being exploited as, a, as a, a, the fact that she walked in and thought it was funny and that maybe she thought she was could sing mm. and stuff like that. I just feel like they are exploiting her as a novelty. She's come on to be the novelty act. Don't, don't you? I think the word you're using is incorrect because I think what you're trying to say is they are using her to sort of front the whole series rather than yeah, picking out any yeah, of the okay, so, okay. so, so, so you don't because if to, somebody was exploiting, yeah, 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 that's what you're trying to say. Embellishing it, her role on the show, they're making her the number one reason to watch the X Factor. That's what you mean. Rather than that, that, yeah, that's more what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. a good. Rather than because exploited would mean that she thinks she's a great rap star and they're taking the. Mick oh out no, no, no! I don't, I don't mean that. No, right. I, I don't believe she okay. thinks she's the next. So you, um, oh my god! I had, I had a sweat on then. I really. <laughs> Did you have any favourites of the ones you saw? Did I have any favourites? I quite liked the band that, that were on at the beginning, Five, yeah, five Past midnight. midnight. Five. I thought they did a good job. I'd like to see five. them again to see what else they can do. I suppose the big story this week was that Brooks Way, the twins, who Sunita knows, they've been uh, replaced by the girl band Four of Diamonds, who will be making their debut uh, this Saturday. My favourite, I think, was uh, Relly C, uh, who sung Shackles. 
I quite like Gifty. I think she's quite good as well. The only thing I would say about it's uh, where has this idea come from recording songs that haven't been released yet? When was that allowed? Well, After Flurry did up Town Funk. Yeah, she did oh, up okay. Town Funk. And to be fair, the song is out this week. It does seem a bit like now the X Factor is just the Simon Cowell song machine. Yeah. They, they did Sax, which is the Flurry's track as their big group song on Sunday. The um, song that Gifty did that nobody had heard of was a Fifth Harmony hit. One of the boy groups did a One Direction song. So it is a a little bit incestuous. Hey, it was good to have have Dermot back. (laughs) Definitely an improvement on last year. And... um, uh, and I think, what I think of the wheel, the jukebox. Well, I, wheel. I didn't stick around for the wheel. I was busy. Motown what, what? week this week. Are you looking oh, well, forward to Louis Walsh week? I tell you what, I'm looking really forward nice. to. I'm looking forward to the uh, jukebox mysteriously picking um, Fright Night ahead of Halloween. That would be a real Ooh. surprise. Well, if that happens. I'd look forward to that instead of Christmas coming in a couple of weeks and Fright Night coming. Yeah, yeah but it's completely random, of course. Um, what I would say is that I did I did enjoy some of the performances. For a first week, I thought a lot of them were quite good. But what I, what I did find uncomfortable were the judges. I thought Simon Cowell aside, all of the rest of them made me feel... Well, we're taking I was genuine, the mix. Yeah. I was genuinely worried about what each, what each one was going to say. Sharon Osborne, who I've met and been in the company of... Louis Walsh was just Louis Walsh. Two or three... Well, yeah, to be fair. But Sharon yeah. Osborne, who I've been in the company of and I know isn't like that, was just really... He, I was really he, uncomfortable. He, he was drunk, I believe. You did a lot of... Oh, yeah. He was drunk oh, Saturday yeah. night. Absolutely yeah. drunk. The only thing I worried about with Louis was that at one moment there was a Pop black star. artist on stage who worked in a hotel and came from Birmingham. I was really worried about the Lenny Henry bit. Oh, no, but he just told her that she came from Birmingham and worked in a hotel, so it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when he tells people what they do and where they're from. Louis we Walsh's line of the night was um, thinking Tupac was still alive. To be fair, though, he has released a lot of records after he's been yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah, hol- you know? maybe he just yeah. saw the, the hologram was so realistic. Yeah. On the whole, as the first show, I enjoyed it. Sharon Osbourne and Nicole Scherzinger, to a point, ruined it a bit for me. Yeah. The judges... Oh, when she was- Get up off. Just, I just found it a little bit cringeworthy when it came to them. I think the right person left, and I even gained a little bit of respect for Louis Walsh, which I've lost over the years, who said, instead of you know, thanking his act and shaking their hands and that, he did just say the other act was brilliant. Uh, the big news of Will Young leaving suddenly, one of the big names. It, it's all very, this, is, this is all very strange. For right. personal reasons, and then he's, he sent a text to Chris Evans saying he was all dandy, so I'm not sure... What's going on there? Well, there, and, now, and now there's reports in the press that he's suffering from PTSD. He basically had a bit of an argument with Len Goodman, didn't he? He questioned... Yeah, but that, it, had, it, but it was, it was, all, it was a whole lot of nothing, well, really. Yeah. Um, they just used that, didn't they? Because there was a bit of an argument. And Tamika Epsom left this week, which was quite sad. And, and again, the most ridiculous story in the world. And this proves to me that people in newspaper offices must just sit there and throw dice to make up a story. Oh, two black people left. Therefore, the British public are racist for voting them out. How ridiculous so i think it's just they're trying to create controversy a little bit where there isn't i think you know it's absolutely ridiculous to us to, to suggest that the british public are racist because they voted off two black people in two weeks that's stupid so louis Theroux savile documentary a couple of weeks ago when i tweeted i'd seen this um a lot of people were really confused and i always forget that people don't 
follow TV listings and things as, as much as the three of us do. So they're like, how can he do a new one? He's been dead years. So uh, you may remember a few years ago. Was it just like that? It was like that. It was like, that. It was like nah, nah, nah. in 2000, Louis Theroux met Jimmy Savile as part of his Louis Meets uh, series. And it was a truly bizarre documentary. And because he didn't feel like he got to the bottom of who Jimmy Savile really was, he kept meeting up with him. They struck up a bizarre friendship. He had a lot of extra footage ready for another documentary. Jimmy Savile then died. All these stories came out and it made Louis through himself question why he was unable to get to the bottom of it and why he didn't see what we all know now when he met him several times in public. And then he went out and spoke to some victims and some people who were in complete denial about the allegations uh, levelled at Jimmy Savile and all the rest of it. I found it interesting. Uh, it was hard going. It was the longest mm. Louis documentary for a long time. My favourite bits were all of the extra footage, particularly the uncomfortable scene in the BBC offices where Jimmy Savile just undresses yeah. in front of all those young girls and makes them feel very uncomfortable. There was also a scene where Louis appears oblivious at a, a restaurant table while Jimmy Savile sort of fondles and hugs a, a woman and her daughter, and also the uncomfortable exchanges between uh, Louis and uh, Jimmy's PR and the woman who's got a load of Jimmy Savile PA, sorry, yeah, and a woman who's got a load of Jimmy Savile stuff in her house and is worried about showing it all off. Oh, I don't know. I mean, Louis Theroux stuff just gets better and better. I always like it when the tables get turned on him because. The lady at the very end who was abused. Well, I I not, felt not only you, by Savile, but by a lot of people. Were you groomed? Yeah. I like I felt I felt he was overly harsh on himself, uh, and it felt more like a documentary about him than it did Jimmy Savile at times. Hmm. Oh, I don't. Um, I disagree. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think I I think I know what Gary's talking about to an extent. I'll just throw yeah. my two two cents in that i just felt there was too much at one time there was almost like three things going there was like the clips from old show we were sort of like things about the the abuse case and then going to meet these other people and it just felt like he had all these ideas since all the allegations came out and every, mm-hmm. you know everything was found out that he wanted to get everything out in this like hour and 15 minutes and it almost felt like an overload of information usually i find louis documentaries are really well paced but I just felt there was too much going on, and maybe that's because he's got such a personal attachment to it, and yeah. that's why you're saying that you know too hard on himself because it felt like this was his most personal piece because of his attachment to Savile, and because he's obviously been thinking about this for the last four years, what he can do with this. I also liked him asking the uh, the victims, as it were, whether they'd seen his original mm. documentary and, uh, and yeah. what they'd yeah. made of it. And that's why I felt that he was more analysing his... I mean, he seemed very much to be kind of saying, how was I so duped? But to be fair to to Louis, we all were. That, you know, from the 1960s onwards, it was everybody was duped uh, by this man. And there were two women who still failed to believe it. The former PA, as you said, just didn't believe it at all. She was like, no. There was one element of it that I don't know whether anyone picked up on. It was very quick and glossed over quite quickly, but it really interested me. There was a moment where Louis said that Jimmy had got hold of 
his personal address and phone number. Yeah, yeah. even and, though he was ex-directory. Which was ex-directory. And it, for me, it just said, look, this guy is really well connected. And it actually made me think of um, the most recent series of Line of Duty, because I'm a TV obsessive. Yeah. And just going back to how how intricate this circle of people is and just wondering whether when you, when you were famous back then, the influence and the power that somebody like that had. People would use that to their advantage, though, this idea of him being connected. You know, this one, the story around the injury unit, where basically they were, like, ready to be in ruin, and they rang him and said, what can you do? And he said, leave it with me. So people were quite happy to use that kind of, like, ability when it suited them. And he'd but seen that then were quite shocked hospital. when he used it for, for... And then shocked when he used that influence to, to seemingly further his own, you know, deplorable actions. He'd seen that girl's hospital records as well, which is not something yeah. he should, be, should have been privy to, really. Absolutely. But it just shows... Yeah, so I think, as you say, links in nicely and worryingly... Yeah, the final national treasure where we had the trial and everything like that. Did you think it was right or sort of finding out that he was sort of he was indeed I guilty? To, I have to say yes. For Would you me, have preferred yes, to like um, be ambiguous? I'm still not entirely sure that those flashbacks mean he did it, but I do agree that they well, certainly they, they imply did, they it. They do, Gary. They do. I th- yeah, I know. Because but... they they even have um, Tim McInerney's character going, hearing noise and deciding not to knock yeah, on I know. the door when Judy was. So I didn't need them. I didn't need to have confirmation whether he had done it to still enjoy the program as a drama and enjoy the action. I think that's I, somewhere I, where I, I am as well. I think. I, I, I didn't mind. I suppose the ambiguous ending you got was the fact that has his wife left him. He, is he he'd going lost mad? the yeah. one thing he yeah. did actually care about. Yeah. Made me wonder, because we said throughout that Robbie Coltrane plays it very ambiguously, but you don't know whether he's done something or, or, or whether he has. And the thing is, I just wonder whether he did do that or whether when somebody has that allegation levelled at them, whether we view them differently, so everything they do <laughs> seems to be look different through our eyes, because we think we know I mean, something about them. The guy playing the younger version of, of Robbie Coltrane, it, was, it comes across as a lot more sleazy than the, the, mm. the sort of... Mm. Well, he, he, he would have, have I suppose. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was famous yeah, and, influ- yeah. and, you know, well-known. And, and now he's sort of daytime quiz, ho- quiz show host yeah. sort of thing. Th- and you got I the impression as well, but actually coming out of the trial, he's probably got more publicity now. You know, he's a got book, a book and everything. He's got a book deal, reveal. yeah. This was outstanding. The one scene that I had a tiny bit of trouble with at the be- when it was happening was the Julie Walters, Tim McInerney sort of lack of a yeah. Yeah. sex, having, sex having scene. A, but, yeah. But then, but then about, I realised... Yeah. Go on. But then I realised why they'd done it, and it made yeah. sense why they'd done it. Everything but... sort of made sense, but I think of that, the Tim McInerney and Julie Walters relationship is probably the weakest aspect of National Treasure. But that's mm. that's very relative in that this is but a fantastic I... drama. But you but do I have think to what then... he said is that Tim McInerney yeah. had no life of his own, really. He was no. forever tethered to the, to the, the three yeah. of them. And obviously, if he'd been found guilty, then that would have sort of tarnished his reputation as well as a... Yeah, yeah. He was doing That's it. He why he feigned ignorance about what happened. He did a Gary on the stand, didn't he? Because I just don't remember any dates <laughs> or any names or any, anything. An odd having, there. like, Darren Boyd there as the uh, yes. prosecutor. For me, this is up there. For, and what, for can I just say, one of the uh, unsung heroes of uh, National Treasure as well, uh, very awesome name, Cristobal Tapia de Villa, who is the composer of the music. And the music for me is one of the 
best elements of National Treasure. The I just direction think it adds, like, is, a... is just brilliant as well. Though. Mark Munden is the director. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I ask both of you, will this be in your top five at the end of the year, do you think? Absolutely. This just in for your entertainment. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustardtv.com. My God, you are pure television. Guaranteed. Pick of the week. Which I need to have a look because I've got no idea what's on next. Shall I go first? Because I have I have found mine. Uh, I'm going Are you doing go... one or two? I'm going to go for one. Or I'm eight. going to go for E4, Thursday night. Crazy Head, a very trippy horse. Now, <laughs> I, I don't agree, I don't agree with nice. this part of the title. But uh, the first part of the title, Crazy Head. Now, this looks interesting because basically it is a uh, created by the guy who did... Um, uh, flip. Come out of it Misfits. now. Misfits, which I, which I think was a surprise hit. No one really knew anything about that before it came out. And this has a kind of Buffy the Vampire style style thing. You know, there can be only one, except there's now two. This woman girl sees demons and someone else sees that. I think it's got potential. Um, and, and I think there's there's a room. There's very little else like this at the moment. Um, so I'm quite quite wow. looking forward to seeing what this, this stacks up. <laughs> there's not a ton on next week, but I never guessed you to pick that. Have you found oh, something Sunday night on Channel 4, 8 and 9pm, we've got a couple of stand-up to cancer specials. We've got the child geniuses back with Richard Osman taking on celebrities. So that should be fun. And then the Crystal Maze uh, is back. Oh, yeah, Crystal Maze should be fun. Uh, and also uh, Channel 4 on Tuesday, uh, the return of Married at First Sight, which I know me and Luke both enjoyed last yeah. time round. Yeah. So I, I think, good. yeah, I, I think, again, this is people who are sort of scientifically matched and seeing if they stay together. I hope they do an update on the couple that did stay together last time because there was one that split up and one that stayed together, so it would be nice to see what happened to them. So I'm actually going to go with something I've seen that Gary mentioned earlier, which is E4, Wednesday, Monday, 7.30, it's blackish, it's the US comedy that's critically mm. acclaimed. There's also, um, um, go on Luke, you finish and then so the, it links so into... Insecure as well on on yeah, Sky Atlantic. Yeah, I tried Insecure. It's because it's HBO; they can get away mm. with a lot more, and it doesn't quite. It's not quite in my. Style, I've watched it. As, I've watched it as well. I, I thought, yeah, again, it was. I think some people will enjoy. It. If you like HBO comedy, I think you'll probably enjoy Insecure. Yeah, the only HBO comedy I really rave about is Veep, but um, mm. yeah, there are bits of Insecure I really liked. I have to say, but mm. it just gets a bit overwhelming with all the rest of it that takes it out of me. So Blackish is mine Monday at seven thirty, and I think they're doing a Goldberg's thing with it, where they yeah, you get one a night every every well. every night of the week. Can I just say I don't know whether Matt's seen it yet, but Wednesday at nine o'clock, him. Wins. No, I haven't watched this yet. That that wins the most bizarre program of the week, and that is including a very trippy horse that Gary picked. But him is truly and utterly bizarre, and I can't wait to discuss it with you both. On the, it's on the list, podcast. it's on the list to be watched. Can't wait. Also, the perils. Slightly more invested in. Very briefly about the perils of buying really cool out-of-print DVD box sets that you can't get anymore on eBay. Opening up yeah. and discovering it smells of cigarette smoke. What did you buy? What did you buy? I wanted to buy Deadwood because <laughs> what did I buy? Febreze. <laughs> yeah, Febreze. <laughs> the first, the first two series of Febreze. 
<laughs> no, oh, I wanted dear. to buy dead. I wanted to buy dead wood well, because talk, I'd talk seen to me it afterwards. years ago. Yeah, okay. Talk to me afterwards about Deadwood, so yeah. Yeah, well, because Mike Bullen right. likes it. Mike Bullen liked it. My people in my book like it. I saw it a couple of years ago and liked it, but I wanted to give it a, a fair shot. But now it smells. It's the coolest box that you can't buy anymore, and I got it for three pound fifty. But it smells of cigarette smoke. Damn. Okay. on it. Okay, you can follow us all on Twitter. We'll do that in a sec. But first of all. Let like us on Facebook, people. Facebook.com forward slash the custom TV. Give us a five star review, nothing less will be accepted uh, via iTunes. And as I said, follow us on Twitter at Lucaster TV for me, um, at The Gary Show for Gary, and at Matt's TV Bites for Matt. We will be back soon with all the reviews of the things that are coming up, and we'll try and keep up with everything else that's on as well, particularly The Missing and The Apprentice. So if you like any of those. Also, I want us all at some point to see the one US show that everybody's raving about that none of us have seen, which is um, The Night Westworld. Off. Westworld. Oh. No, The Night Off. Oh, no, you haven't seen Westworld, which I'm surprised No, about. I know. That'll again, be, again, I'll be hospital I'm based. Up on that. So. Did the hospital not have Sky Atlantic? <laughs> no, the hospital, <laughs> the hospital, despite my, my, my complaining, did not have uh, Sky Atlantic. Uh, and have no plans to... They did have a violinist who you gave requests. Oh, yeah, I suppose that was the most joyous part of, the, of my time in hospital, was the violinist. You can what's... play that clip, Luke, at the end. I yeah. If I, if I find do him, it do him doing the A-team, it's hilarious. What, you know, what, where's our NHS money going on if hospitals haven't got Sky Atlantic? Yeah, violinist is playing the A-team theme yeah. tune. So, yeah, just everybody's got a violinist on his ward. Okay. <laughs> All right, take care. We will join you soon. Thanks for listening. The Custom TV Podcast. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP.